Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. In fact, if you're watching today, you'll notice that my No Shave November beard is growing in. We'll mention that a little bit here at the end. Um, my title today is Be the One. In fact, if you're following along, go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download today's message notes. You can also download our kids' activity sheet. And on our website, you can find out all the events and services uh, that are coming up here the end of November and then beginning of December. Anyways, title today is Be the One. Be the One. You know, we're in this um, season, really what we would say in America of Thanksgiving. The Bible's very clear about uh, Thanksgiving was first started by God the Father. In fact, we're to be thankful in all things. We're to enter into his presence with thanksgiving. And if you were with us last week, we looked at three instances where Jesus gave thanks, and he did it first before anything took place. There were 5,000 men. They were all hungry. He had asked Philip about how you know getting them something to eat. Philip was trying to equate how much money they had potentially and what it would cost to feed the men. But what they had was five barley loaves and two fish. Yet in the hands of Jesus, even looking at a huge crowd of 5,000 probably hungry men, um, he looked down, and though it was not enough, he stopped and he gave thanks. He gave thanks for what he had, and he multiplied the food to not only feed the 5,000 men, but they gathered up 12 baskets of leftovers. I always like to look at that as the leftovers in 12 baskets the 12 baskets, one each was carried by one of the disciples that was to show them that not only would God provide, but you stop and you give thanks first, first thing. The other one that we looked at was uh, at the tomb of Lazarus, that Jesus stopped and he gave thanks to the Father, that the Father always heard his prayers. In fact, he went on to say that the reason that he was also saying that was for those around him, that they would know that God hears them. So he gives thanks that God hears his prayers. And then lastly, before we went into a time of communion, that uh, before in the hours before Jesus's body would be broken and his blood would be shed, that he broke the bread and gave thanks. He took the cup and he gave thanks. He knew uh, the power that was about to come upon everybody because of his broken body. He knew that lives would be saved because of the demonstration that he did. So he gave thanks first. But that's the question today. Hey, as far as uh, Thanksgiving, you be the one. You be the one to come back and give thanks. Well, let me jump into the story really quick. And um, it might be familiar to uh, some of you. This is in Luke chapter 17. This is verse 11 through 19. Let me read this. I'm reading out of the New King James. Now it happened as he, talking about Jesus, as he went through Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There he met 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that they went 
and they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, listen to Jesus's question. Were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Well, Lord, we pray today in our time together that we, whoever would be watching or listening, that they would be the one that would return to you and to give you thanks today. The circumstances may not look great, but we know this in all things we stop and we give you thanks first. We will be the ones that give you thanks in Jesus' name. You know, I was remembering a story, um, as many of us do about our grandparents, and I remember my, my very first job was in Pasadena. I was working at a McDonald's. It was after our my um, junior year, after football season. So I went to get a job. I was working at McDonald's. And I remember sitting down with the manager going through my schedule, letting him know my school hours, when I could work. Um, and then remember, there were certain restrictions on your age. I was only 16 that you could work, you know, only till I forget it was nine o'clock or whatever it was. So I began working at McDonald's and then all of a sudden my schedule shifted. And in fact, I remember looking at his schedule one time and he got me at five in the morning till like, you know, one in the afternoon. Well, I can't I'm in school. Right. So I got to get a hold of the manager and say, hey, I can't work that out. Why can't you work those hours? I'm in high school. Oh, sorry about that. Or I get the ones that you'd work. Um, you're scheduled till you know midnight, 1 a.m. And then I'd have to say, hey, I, I can't remember. I can't work past this certain time. Oh, that's right. But then you scheduled me at 5 a.m. I can't do five. I mean, it was just back and forth all the time. And uh, I remember I'm talking to my grandfather and I was complaining about, you know, having to work through my hours. And his advice was this to me. Um, did you get a paycheck? Yeah. Yeah. I got a paycheck. Did, did you cash it? Yeah, of course I cashed it right away. That was your thank you card. That was your, that was easy. That's your thank you. I thought through all that. Uh, well, in, in some parts, you know what? Sometimes we complain too much and we do. We don't stop and we don't give thanks. Well, in this story, very interesting story. Remember, whenever we, we read about a Samaritan, one of the things to have to keep in mind, Samaritans were a mixed people race. Samaritans and Jews just did not connect together. In fact, Jews did not want to do business with Samaritans. Jews did not want to walk into the territory of Samaritans. We read in John um, chapter 4 that Jesus goes into Samaria. That's the story of the woman at the well. That the disciples, they'd rather walk around that area. But all of a sudden, we see that the one that comes back to give thanks is a Samaritan. Now, when we read this story, many of us, know very little about the disease of leprosy. In fact, most of us, if not all of us, have never met a leper before. 
And what we know about lepers and leprosy, we probably only know about when we read the Bible. There are small pockets even today in the world that have lepers, but I, I guarantee you, you have to search and find out where they are. You know, if you had that disease in the in the Bible days, um, you would know so much more about it. In fact, um, in Bible times, if you had leprosy, it was really a death sentence. In fact, according to the law, and we'll read uh, a scripture a little bit uh, here in the Old Testament, um, it described your life now as hopeless. You were basically kicked out of the camp. Some of the rabbis wrote about um, different medicines that you could use, like we would know natural medicine today for healing. There was nothing that was recorded or mentioned that you could do with leprosy. In fact, uh, they the rabbis felt that if you could cure leprosy, it was like raising the dead. So the very diagnosis that you had leprosy was regarded as a death sentence. In fact, lepers were shut out of their communities, shut out of their businesses. They were shut out of their families. And now coming within about 300 feet of people, they were required to shout unclean. In fact, unclean, according to Leviticus. Let's read this verse here. This kind of gives you a picture. Leviticus 13, 45 through 46. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn. Right, That's a description. Somebody coming, clothes torn, his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days that he has a sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and shall dwell alone, and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, remember, it's that yelling, it's that little bit of yelling unclean that you didn't want to uh, spit or say anything on somebody. You were to tell, you were to alert people as you were coming that you were unclean, and they would completely stay away from you. Think about that. The diagnosis of leprosy meant, I now have to leave my family. I now have to leave whatever job or employment I have at the time. I have to leave my community, my synagogue community. I have to live outside with other lepers, and I have to show that my clothes are torn, my head is bare, and when I come around people, I have to yell that I'm unclean. And that's why it was looked at as like a death sentence. Well, when we read in the Gospels, we read something that's very interesting about Jesus. In fact, we read this in Luke chapter 5, talking about healing a leper. He put out his hand and touched, touched him, right? Here's Jesus, put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing to be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy left him. So Jesus goes out of his way and goes to the person with leprosy, touches him, lays hands on him. He's cleansed and immediately the leprosy left him. We read a little bit later than when the John the Baptist sends his disciples to find out, okay, is this really the, the Jesus, the Messiah? In fact, here's what Jesus says to them in Luke 7, 22. Jesus answered and said to them, go, tell, go and tell John the things that you have seen and have heard, 
that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Notice what it mentions in there. The lepers are cleansed. Jesus was never concerned about going out of his way and touching a, a leper, somebody with leprosy. Remember, having that was like a death sentence. So when we pick this reading up in the Bible, it's very interesting that um, seeing Jesus afar, they begin to yell, and the question that they say is, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, he's laid hands on the ones before and healed them. Well, now this is different. He just tells them in verse 14, in fact, this is going to be their act of faith. He gives them this, what, six or seven word instruction. Go show yourselves to the priests. Now, showing themselves to the priests, if they presented themselves, again, they, they, they were kicked out of the camp. They had leprosy. Showing themselves to the priests now would let the priests look at them, and the priests would call them clean. And in calling them clean, they would now be able to go back to their family. They would now be able to go back to their employment. They would get back in their community. They'd be back in the synagogue. They no longer had to walk around yelling unclean, unclean, with their clothes torn, their head shaved. They would be restored back into the community. Can you imagine the feeling? It's almost like, it, it would almost be like, if I use the example of, if you were um, deployed in the military and you had been separated from your family, and those pictures that we see of whether it's sailors or army or Marines or air, coming back and the very first thing when they see their family, their family runs and they hug them. And many of them meet children for the first time. And you watch that and it's just so emotional. Well, it would be the same type of emotion that you're now back with your family. Go show yourselves. And it says, as they went, they were cleansed. I, I always remember this. In fact, that. I remember looking at this a couple of years ago, and I thought, you know, as they stopped walking back, you know, step one, nothing, step two, nothing, step three, my body's completely cleansed. You know, leprosy, if you look up, uh, leprosy not only would eat away at your skin, many of them would lose fingers, um, limbs because of that disease that was eating it. Do you know nowadays leprosy, if somebody gets it, it's a bacteria it is completely treatable and curable. But in Bible times, it was a death sentence. Now, what's interesting is they go show themselves to the priests. The priests declare them as clean. Nine, evidently, must run to wherever they decide to go to. They're running to home. They're running back to their community, wherever they went. But it's the Samaritan. Now, notice, isn't it interesting when the outcasts are outcasts, didn't matter who you were from, Jews, Samaritan. But now the one, when he's shown cleansed, he wants to be the one that returns to Jesus to give him thanks. In fact, the Bible says that he comes, and with a loud voice he glorified God, and he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, for he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said these words, were there not 10 cleansed? I like that what he says, right? He says these words, where are the nine? Where are the nine? 
Where are the other ones? They took off. They went back. Now, they may have glorified God in their own way. We don't know. We know that this one came back to glorify God. In fact, Jesus goes on, were there not any found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner? Where were the nine? The one that probably thought that and knew that they were an outcast, that these groups did not mix, was the one that returned to give glory to God. But Jesus goes on, and Jesus says something that's very interesting, is he says, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. In some of the translations, we read that your faith has made you whole. Now, let me mention this for a minute. The priest is the one that would declare them well, but in the original, in the Greek language, the word well is the word whole. It's the word sozo. In fact, what it means is it's something much more than physical. It's deep down inside. Jesus declared him whole. In fact, it's a complete wholeness that takes place. It's one thing It's one thing that you and I have an injury that results in a scar. It's another thing when that scar is completely healed and gone, there's complete wholeness in there. What Jesus is not saying is that the other thing, it wore off by the time they got to their house and they have leprosy, but this was so much more. This one received a complete wholeness. It was something that connected him. In fact, uh, in, in some of the messages and things that we read, uh, others ascribe to this that Jesus gave this person like salvation. Jesus could not extend salvation because Jesus had not died for the sins of the world. He had not rose again yet. You couldn't confess him. Now, you could call him Lord and confess him as Lord, but it had to be after he rose from the dead, right? After he appeared. But the wholeness that Jesus is talking about is it's no longer the skin that's healed. You're completely healed inside and out. Think about, think about how forever long this was on this guy, that your entire day was being an outcast. Your entire day was trying to get around a situation to get food, to get away. Anytime you saw anybody, you were yelling unclean. Well, now this wholeness has come upon him, right? In fact, we read sometimes in, in between the Hebrew and the Greek that wholeness really means that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. You are completely whole. And that's what he receives coming back and giving Jesus thanks. No more physical pain. No more family or community pain. In fact, he's found a wholeness that he found in Jesus. But look at what he did to get the wholeness. He comes back, he sees that he's healed, and he returns with a loud voice, glorifying God. If there's anything that you take out of this, is before God does anything in your life, you give him thanks. And after he does something in your life, you give him thanks continually. There's a wholeness in coming before him. Hebrews chapter 4 lets us know. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. 
Jesus does more than the skin deep. Jesus gives healing on the complete inside, complete wholeness. In fact, I love this one verse that we read in Psalm uh, chapter 107, verse 8 and 9. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Let me read that again. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Boy, it's amazing that the priest declares you clean. And the first thing you want to do, you want to be the one that runs back and finds Jesus. And gives him thank. You know, it's interesting to be able to find Jesus back in that day. It's it's not as if you could find somebody on social media or they hanging out at the mall. You had to go to a village, and there Jesus was, and he found him and gave thanks. Would you remember this? Even uh, as we wrap up our message today, would you remember? Would you stop and give God thanks first? It might only look like you've got the five barley loaves and two fish. But we remember Jesus said, when I pray, the Father hears me. He always hears me when I pray. When God does what he does and either forgives you, heals you, restores you, whatever it is that you're trusting and believing him for, would you go back to him and give him thanks? Thank him for what he did. Don't just go on your way. You know, it's easy to think that these lepers just went on their own way. Right? I got healed. Hey, I deserve this. My life's been a mess. No, humbly go back to God and give him thanks. One of the things that we know about him, we live and move, and he is in our being every single day. And so we thank him for that. Well, Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray if there's anybody out there that's not received you as Lord, has not called you savior that this is that opportunity for them to do so in fact if you've never prayed that prayer pray it with me dear god i believe that jesus lived died and rose again for me i confess and accept jesus as my lord and the savior of my life thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins and today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that today for the very first time or you've come back to the Lord, if you would reach out to us either by the social media platform that you're viewing or listening or go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, click on that contact button. Let us know. Email us. Let us know because the most important thing to do is to tell somebody that you made Jesus the Lord of your life and then give him thanks for doing so. Give him thanks. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this two verses, actually three verses to us out of the book of Psalms. And it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. 
There is no want in those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Say that last part with me. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. As we give today, let's say this prayer together. In fact, you pray it as if you're the only one praying it. You're praying it to your Father who always listens when you pray. As I give in today's offering, I rejoice in the numerous and miraculous blessings God has given to me. More blessings than I could have ever dreamed of. More blessings than I deserve. More blessings than I can count. Blessings over every area of my life. I rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, I remember the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button on the top right hand of the screen. It's safe, fast, and it is secure. You can also give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91060. Six And remember, hey, we're into no-shave November. We're almost halfway through here. Um, if you are joining along, we're not shaving. We're putting away a dollar a day for 30 days so that we can give $30 to Foursquare Missions Press that prints Bibles, literatures, tracts. They have solar printing presses, solar projectors that project the Jesus film, they send it all around the world free of charge to missionaries and churches in other nations because we give. So we're doing that as a reminder, No Shave November. Also remember November 20th at the church in Arcadia. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. We're doing an outdoor movie night. Uh, it'll be cool, so you'll want to come and dress warm. It's a free movie night. We're partnering with our homeschool community group, Fundamentals. It's free movie night, but they will be having concessions that support their homeschool group, hot chocolate bar, cotton candy, and popcorn. Come on out. be a great time. Uh, again, for anything, don't miss out. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can find out all of the updates and Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help, your help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. Well, the Lord bless you. Glad you're part. Stay tuned. Keep keep in contact. If you have any prayer requests or if you want to praise God and give him thanks, let us know. Email us because we want to pray for you. And we want to rejoice what God is doing in your life. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.